Freight markets continue to wrestle with the last mile. How will the holiday season test our supply chains? And retailers prepare for an avalanche of returns. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCV TV. Five channels of streaming video are yours for the viewing on DCV TV. Major improvements have recently been made to the DCV TV platform to enhance the viewing experience, provide greater search capabilities, and to expand the capacity of the video library well beyond the 3,000 plus videos already in the archive. Be sure to check it all out at dcvtv.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin, how are freight markets holding up in what has been a very challenging year? To answer that question, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Uh, with us today uh, on the show, we have Drew McElroy. He's the chairman and co-founder of Transfix, a digital freight match matching marketplace. Uh, and before founding Transfix in 2013, Drew was the president of a 3PL Priority Distribution Inc. Uh, thank you for being here today, Drew. Hey, Ben. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Terrific. Um, as David mentioned, uh, we're here today to talk about uh, some of the biggest challenges in, in the sector. Uh, we're referencing the last mile delivery trends and challenges, especially as we head into the holidays. Uh, and, and to open things up, um, of course, the elephant in the room is the pandemic, which has affected nearly every aspect of our lives. Uh, but how have uh, you seen it impacting last mile freight patterns? Well, I, I think um, I, I think, as you said, the, the the story of the day is the is the pandemic, and I, and I think it's impacted you know sort of the, the first mile, the middle mile, the last mile. It's 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 affected pretty much everything, right? And so you know, I guess there's there's two implications. The the, the last mile is ultimately the re, the result of the the success of the first and the middle mile, and I think we've seen that you know the volatility of both the you know demand and and the availability of of facilities and labor is has been pretty pretty wildly volatile. Uh, and so, you know, where where the freight is coming from to, to sort of stage for the last mile has, has certainly changed. And, uh, and then, you know, that can cause its own set of challenges. But but I, I'd say, obviously, the, the sort of the biggest issue is, is the, just the sheer volume. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we've been in a in a, in a world that's been tilted and, and increasingly tilted to world e toward e-com for, for a long time now. And, and I think the, the pandemic has just exacerbated those trends. And, you know, there's a there's a real question about whether the last mile infrastructure is is ready to keep pace with the sort of the demand volume that exists today in this in this sort of perfect storm. Right, right, big time. Uh, and and talk about kicking things up a notch. Um, now we have the, the the winter holiday peak surge uh, is it, right around the corner, or some people would say that it already started perhaps because uh, Amazon held its Prime Day in October, uh, delayed from July. Uh, so, looking at uh, some of those stresses that we were just talking about, um, how can freight markets handle the extra volume that's about to hit? Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting that that you know the word peak has taken on an entirely new meaning this year, right? Uh, the sort of you know the, the the old conversation about peak is you know how how steep will the curve be? Well, I think this year it's the the curve the, the shape of the curve is is a little bit TBD, right? And and it sure looks like it's going to be a very intense one, but but I think that there's there's more 
potential volatility in the shape of the curve this year than we've ever seen too. Um, but having said that, you know, if things continue on the, on the path that they're on, which is to say a whole lot of volume, um, you know, I, I listen, I, I think the reality is that the, the, the sort of the providers, whether we're talking about, you know, UPS or FedEx or, or really whomever, the, the market, I think, is actually quite good at sort of naturally calibrating the, the, the sort of volume flows as much as, as it can. And the, the primary the lever for that is price, right? I mean, the, the, the system is not going to break. It's just a matter of who's going to be able to pay up to make sure that their goods get, you know, get the sort of priority place in the network. Because, I mean, that's, that's what happens, right? If there's too many goods to go through, the, 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 they'll either – some packages will either get kicked out of the network or – you know, it'll take that much longer for them to ultimately reach their end destination. And if, you know, if you're the, you know, right, I mean, we talk about these concepts in aggregate, but at the end of the day, you know, this all exists in the trenches. And if you're, you know, company A, you know, you're not necessarily thinking about the network beyond the, the sort of four walls of can I get my, my, my box of goods delivered to my customer, whatever may be in that box. And you're competing, you know, if you sell sporting goods or soda or you know high-end cell phones or whatever it might be you're competing with everybody else for for space in the network and it's limited and and the, the th sort of throttling mechanism is ultimately going to be price uh, and we've started to see some of that with these increases but i think it may just be the tip of the iceberg yeah interesting um and and we certainly have seen some rising prices it, it's it's a tough um season right now to be a shipper uh, going by some of the statistics that we've seen uh, come out in recent weeks um yeah i mean I, you know I, I think i think that's interesting right like you know you know the, the sort of the historical way this works is that we, we live on this pendulum and you know one month somebody's eating your lunch and then and the next month you're eating theirs and, and sort of one of the things that that we're always talking about at, you know at transfix but I, I think a lot of progressive companies are is you know how do we sort of get off of that that seesaw we all forecast what we think is going to happen but the the velocity at which you can compare your forecast to what the data says is actually happening and sort of recalibrate on the fly, uh, that's that's sort of, again, how you stay in front of the wave and rather than having a crest on your head. And, uh, and like I say, having, you know, sort of data-oriented partners and then flexible execution partners, I think are sort of the philosophical ways you do it. Um, you know, practically speaking on a tactical basis, you know, one of the things that, you know, I personally believe here in 2020 should be table stakes, but it's not quite yet, is is just, I mean, as silly and simplistic as it sounds, is having visibility to the a granular visibility to the location of your shipments in real time, and sort of the exception management that goes along with, you know, a proper um, rollout of that technology, right? If you actually know where things are, and you know when they're supposed to be where they're going, and you know if they're actually going to be there on time, and you can deal with that proactively, uh, that's a real good start, right? It's, it's a heck of a lot better to deal with that than if you wait till the sort of the receiver calls, you know, yelling about the missed delivery appointment two hours later, and then you're, you know, you're scrambling. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's both philosophical and, and tactical ways to sort of get out in front of this. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Great advice. Um, the, the, the third leg of, of the stool in this conversation, of course, is, is brokers, um, which is uh, sort of the, the spot uh, where, where Transfix fits into it and, and many others. Um, we're living right now in an age where you both have sort of established traditional brokers and also the sort of new wave of, of the uh, digital freight matching platforms. Um, that either way, um, how are brokers handling uh, some of these challenges we've been discussing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think um, it sort of goes back to what I was saying, right? You know, we, 
those of us in the middle, you know, I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody else's business, but I would say the proper philosophy is to be that of a of a true conduit, right? Of of, of goods and information and 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 the rest of it. And it's amazing, right? Like in, in, in 2020, I mean, we're 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 here, you know, in a pandemic pre-peak, and and all of the research and all of the data that that we conduct, there are there are is a very very wide gap between those uh, who I would put the shippers who I would put in the have category and those that I would put in sort of the have not category, and that gap is continuing to widen. And you know, I mean, I I, I personally think that that the supply chain is is in many ways what's going to determine overall success and failure of these brands, right? I mean, if you can't deliver your goods, whatever they may be to your customer. And by deliver, I don't mean, you know, to their home. It may be to their home, but it may be to the store shelf where they want to pick it up and buy it. It may be to their car in a parking lot outside of your store where they've, they've ordered, sort of, you know, ordered online and pick up the store. Having these capabilities is, you know, table stakes expectations for the consumer in 2020. And, you know, all of the research, and, and, and we've done some pretty extensive studies, um, there's a lot of shippers who just are not there yet. And, and so, you know, whether it's us or, or somebody like us, if you have partners who are not just tactical, right? Like if you think about this, how do I get my, my truckloads or my, you know, my pallets picked up and delivered? And that, that's the extent to which you strategize about it. I would say you're, you're starting from behind. You, you have to take a strategic and holistic approach to your supply chain. And how do we both make sure that we're, you know, optimizing for long-term cost, and sort of like flexibility of delivery, right? Because those are the two things that you, that you have to balance. And, you know, I, I would make an argument that a marketplace that is not constrained by owning assets or by favoring one class of asset versus another and is purely data oriented and, and um, you know, a non-biased, I guess is the best way to say it, is it, just determining what the best outcome is from an efficacy perspective for everybody. Uh, that's a good start, right? I mean, that's that's how you you start to take control of your supply chain, and and you know, hopefully, you know, you view it as you you you, the, you wag the tail, the tail doesn't wag you from a, from a shipper's perspective. Right, right, got it. Good, great, uh, great details about this, uh, Drew. We we really appreciate your joining us today and uh, and, and explaining some of those challenges and issues. Uh, thank you for your time. My my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, great. We, we've had uh, Drew McElroy here on the podcast today. Uh, he's the chairman and co-founder of Transfix. Uh, thanks a lot. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Drew and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. Victoria, you reported on the pressure that retail supply chains are under as we begin the holiday peak. What are they doing to try to cope with all of the anxiety that's coming up? Sure. Thanks, Dave, and thanks for having me. Um, this is very much in line with what Ben and Drew were just talking about, just the idea that there's no shortage of stories about the pressure that retail supply chains are under, as you say, as peak season shipping gets underway. And as they were just talking about, it's largely due to the massive acceleration of e-commerce activity we've seen uh, over the last six months. So something interesting that I saw this week, um, a survey that kind of reveals an interesting aspect of this story, um, uh, it was another freight broker and 3PL Global Trans surveyed about 150 retail supply chain professionals, and they found that nearly half of them are worried um, that their companies will be less profitable this holiday season, and about 60% said they don't have the resources they need to meet customer demand. And another interesting finding was that 64%, um, I think it was, said they've dealt with more late or failed deliveries than, than what's typical uh, in the last few months. So it's really a story about um, 
resources um, and sort of developing your partner network as, as our interview earlier talked about too. Um, and that's kind of what, where people are really focusing right now. Did the report detail the main causes of these issues? For instance, is it the sheer difficulty of serving the increasing online order volumes? Exactly. Yeah. For many, um, the problem is that they've been pushed into offering services they didn't provide before, really. It's really about resources. Um, things such as last mile delivery and, you know, customized services that they weren't accustomed to um, to doing before. About 80% of the respondents said that today they have to provide these services, um, customized services, easy to use technology, a vast transportation network, 24-7 support, all that kind of thing. And these are things that some companies already had in place um, as part of an existing omni-channel strategy, but many others, as we've heard, um, were sort of in the process of developing that or hadn't started it at all. So people are, companies are in, in different in different places when it comes to developing uh, their approach to this business and their ability to handle the, the volume. The underlying message um, is, you know, that they're going to continue to be um, tested supply chains and companies are going to really have to focus on their, their own capabilities and work with their supply chain partners to meet um, these different services demands. I know in a minute, Ben's going to talk about his reporting on returns. That's one aspect of it. Um, there's also, you know, sort of increased reliance on outsourcing different functions um, and things like that. So I think we're just going to hear more of this as, as the season uh, continues. Yeah, it certainly will be a holiday season like no other. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And as Victoria just mentioned, of course, with e-commerce sales, we're expecting this holiday. It means there's a lot more attention on returns. And Ben, you did write a couple of stories on how companies are preparing for that process uh, that no retailer really likes, but we all have to deal with returns. So what did you report on? Uh, that's right, Dave. Uh, the, as e-commerce grows, so do returns. Um, that there have been uh, a lot of statistics over the years that, of course, are, uh, it's more common to have returns uh, in online shopping than it is in in-person, and, and that's just part of the deal because uh, people can't hold and, and feel uh, what they're buying before they put it in their cart. Uh, but it's very expensive uh, for retailers uh, because they have to uh, transport them uh, back into a DC, they have to uh, inspect them, they have to uh, grade them, uh, then figure out if they can get them back on shelves. Uh, and, and all that takes more uh, time and labor. Uh, in fact, it can be so expensive that unless an item uh, that somebody buys is a high enough sale price. Um, some companies uh, even don't bother having the consumer return it. They'll just uh, have tell them to simply keep it or uh, donate it to charity or throw it away. So, uh, but in the last couple of weeks, we've seen some interesting developments um, on how some companies are finding new solutions around that. Can you give us a couple of examples of how that works? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is really interesting because it, it touches uh, the, the, a lot of our own uh, personal lives as well as business. Uh, but there's a reverse logistics uh, solution provider called Happy Returns, uh, and they unveiled this week uh, a, a partnership with FedEx uh, so that Happy Returns will offer its uh, returns services um, in more than 2,000 FedEx office locations. Those are the uh, street front uh, stores where uh, FedEx handles shipping and packaging. Um, and that's more than four times more locations uh, than Happy Returns had previously had. Uh, and it has those, has those other ones at uh, retailers, at brick and mortar stores and shopping malls and campuses. So from a shopper's point of view, um, the process starts when the shopper clicks onto the retailer's website and uh, they, they receive a QR kind of barcode um, texted or emailed to their smartphone. Uh, and then they just drop those items off at a nearby FedEx office site, uh, scan that code and walk away. 
uh, and that's pretty similar to services that um, you see if you order something from Amazon.com or if you're returning a cable box from Verizon. Uh, but what Happy Returns does is that they aggregate all those items at the FedEx office store uh, from multiple merchants and they put it into a single shipment. So that reduces the cost of the process uh, for all the retailers. And they send those um, aggregated shipments into a regional processing hub where uh, Happy Returns organizes um, the, the sorting and the processing of all those uh, commingled objects. Uh, in, in another example, uh, we saw an approach uh, from a startup uh, that's called FloorFound, and they have a platform for the return of oversized goods, uh, like furniture or like uh, home gym products that a lot of people are uh, buying during the uh, pandemic lockdowns. So FloorFound has partnered with a lot of th third-party logistics providers, uh, like J.B. Hunt, like Pilot Freight, uh, so they have a network of trucks and warehouses. Uh, and when a customer wants to return a couch, say, uh, likewise, they contact the retailer. Uh, and then FloorFound uh, arranges for the 3PL to pick up the couch, bring it to a uh, warehouse, uh, they inspect it, and then um, they initiate a resale uh, process. Uh, and, and that can actually go through the original retail's website again, um, but the item doesn't have to be there physically. So that they've you know cut out an entire uh, leg of the process there. So. Uh, it, it's really interesting uh, that, that those two different approaches to uh, to saving some costs uh, on a, uh, a reverse logistics uh, chain that I think we're all going to be seeing a lot more of this season. Right. Well, those really sound like some interesting ways of handling returns. Again, a messy process that no one likes, but has to be done. Yep. Thanks, Ben. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Go there to check it all out. Thank you, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights of the news this week. Thanks, Dave. Always a good conversation. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. And again, our thanks to Drew McElroy for being with us today as our guest. We encourage your feedback on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also have a special free offer for our listeners. You can get a complimentary copy of this year's State of the Retail Supply Chain Report. This annual review of retail supply chains is a result of research collaboration between Auburn University's Center for Supply Chain Innovation, the Retail Industry Leaders Association, better known as RELIP, and DC Velocity. This ninth installment of the study covers highly relevant topics that impact success or failure in the hyperspeed omnichannel retail environment and its pandemic-fed acceleration. So download your free copy by going to dcvelocity.com retail. Again, that's dcvelocity.com slash retail. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and now on Amazon Music. Or wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, so be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.